0: Here it is!
1: From deep inside your audio device of choice. Happy Labor Day weekend, ladies and gentlemen. A Labor Day weekend without the Jerry Lewis telethon is like a bird without wine. But now, a more important issue, how much has America's longest war cost? And whose business is it anyway? Well, the president of Afghanistan, Ashraf Ghani, says the war has cost the United States government and society $500 billion. The BBC tried to uh, fact-check that figure. Between uh, 2010 and 2012 in the U.S., for uh, a period of time, had more than 100,000 soldiers in the country. The cost of the war was $100 billion a year. That's according to figures from the U.S. government. Well, they never... The uh, cost fell sharply as the focus shifted to training Afghan forces. So between 2016 and 2018, it was around $40 billion. The estimated spending so far for this year, up to March, was $18 billion. According to the U.S. Department of Defense, the total military expenditure in Afghanistan from October 2001 to March of this year, calculated by the BBC was $760 billion. That's more than uh, President Ghani's figure, but an independent study carried out by Brown University's Cost of War Project argues that the official U.S. figures, are you sitting down, are a substantial underestimate. It says they don't include spending on war veterans' care. Well, that's money spent on other government departments for war-related activities, And the cost of interest on debt incurred to pay for the war. Where's the interest on the debt? We keep hearing about the debt and the interest in the thing. Brown's study, it's a Brown study, estimates the total cost, factoring in in these additional elements, is closer to $1 trillion. Why, that's almost as much as we spend in Iraq. So the good work almost costs as much as the bad war. The bulk of the money has been spent on counterinsurgency operations and on the needs of U.S. troops, like your food, your clothing, your medical care, special pay, and benefits. Uh, the U.S. has also contributed approximately $133 billion to reconstruction efforts in that war-torn country. More than half of that has gone to building up Afghan security forces. That's gone well, as you've heard in our frequent reports from the uh, Special Inspector General on Afghan reconstruction. The U.S. has spent, on average, a million and a half dollars a day on anti-narcotics efforts. And yet, as you know, if you've been listening to this program, the area of land devoted to growing opium poppy has actually increased, according to the U.N. The uh, Inspector General... A couple of years ago said that as much as 15.5 billion had been lost on waste fraud and abuse over the past 11 years in afghanistan that f- figure is probably only a portion of the total waste according to the watchdog he added that u.s money quote often exacerbated conflicts enabled corruption and bolstered support for ins- insurgents not insurance insurgents unquote mission accomplished another trillion dollar bargain hello welcome to the show At least they agree from Santa Monica, the home of the homeless. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you you so often hear from proponents of nuclear energy, nuclear energy for civilian power needs that 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 problem of waste, that's going to be that's going to be cleared up. We're going to fix that. That's that's a technological fix. No problem. They don't even pronounce the B in problem. No problem. Well, there's nuclear waste that's been sitting in Paris since 1933, when the University of Paris built a research center in Acul. I really don't know how to pronounce A-R-C-U-E-I-L, a a village south of Paris. It was a, a lab built for Marie Curie. The lab set in an overgrown garden near a 17th-century aqueduct, is sometimes called Chernobyl-on-the-Seine. This from Bloomberg. No major accidents occurred there, which closed in 1978, but it is brimming with radioactivity that will be a health threat for millennia. Not for millennials, for millennia. And not for millennia, for millennia. France's nuclear watchdog has barred access to anyone not wearing protective clothing. That includes watchdogs, apparently. The lab is surrounded by a concrete wall topped by barbed wire and surveillance cameras. Monitors constantly assess radiation. Local officials regularly test the river. We're proof that France has a serious nuclear waste problem, says the mayor of the village, Christian Maiteri. Our situation, he says, raises questions about whether the country is really equipped to handle it. That's an interesting question because nuclear power... Accounts for about three fourths of France's electricity right now. That was well thought out. There is no lasting solution for that most dangerous refuse from the country's 906 nuclear waste sites, including some of what's left in
2: Arcueil.
1: Low-level material is scheduled to be sent to an above-ground storage site in northeastern France. That'll take that'll take care of that. But radium, you know. What Marie Curie horsed around with. It has a half-life of 1,600 years and, at the Curie Annex, there are traces of a uranium isotope with a half-life of, oh, 4.5 billion years. The cleanup... I said billion years. In case you got that on you. The cleanup has so far cost Europe or France about 10 million euros, Maitrey says the final bill will likely be much higher would not going to go the other way was it as the buildings are dismantled and the site is decontaminated in coming years we're finally making progress he says but it's really slow remediation is tough because most of the lab's scientists are long dead guri herself died from a blood ailment linked to radiation poisoning a year after the lab opened nutty coincidence there The French government agency that oversees radioactive waste, maybe it overlooks it, sometimes it oversees it, spent more than a decade cataloging what's at the lab, finding radioactivity in solvents, papers, shelving, a furnace, the soil, and plants. The uh, French official in charge of waste that's not from reactors says knowledge of the work there is patchy. Complicating the operation, so the people who worked there were dead. They don't know what hap- what was being done, so they have to slowly, carefully do some radioactive detective work because it's clean, cheap, too safe to meter. Our friend the atom. And now news of the godly. something was happening over there in Guam for quite a while. It uh, involves child sex abuse by both the Roman Catholic Church or some of its clergy and the Boy Scouts of America. The uh, Boy Scouts and Guam child sex abuse uh, plaintiffs are seeking court approval of settlements reached in long-standing abuse cases involving a guy who is the nexus between the two organizations, both a scoutmaster and a priest, Louis Briard. Boy Scouts want to settle the claims of 44 plaintiffs, represented by an attorney named Michael Berman. Could that possibly be the Michael Berman I knew 40 years ago? The court filings for some of these proposed settlements started this week. The local counsel for the Boy Scouts in Guam said the settlement is dependent on the amount being paid, being kept confidential. Needs to be confidential, he says, because there are many Guam cases which have not yet settled. The Boy Scouts are working to reach settlements in as many cases as possible. If the amount of the settlement becomes public, the attorney for the Boy Scouts says, Mr. Seville, there's a strong likelihood other plaintiffs will make settlement demands not based on the fair value of their client's claim, but on the settlement reached in other cases. An unreasonable inflation of settlement demands, which will impair the Boy Scouts of America's ability to settle other cases, says the lawyer for the Boy Scouts. Even Boy Scouts have lawyers these days. There were at least 272 clergy sex abuse claims filed as of mid-August. About half of those cases involved the Boy Scouts because of Briar, a priest on Guam from 1948 to 1981. Good long time. He was accused, was Mr. Briar, of raping and molesting children on church grounds and during Boy Scout activities, such as river trips, camping, and jamborees. He put the the specific amount the Boy Scouts will pay each claimant is blacked out in the motion. Once the court determines the settlement was made in good faith, the Boy Scouts will pay up each claimant, the claimant within 30 days. Each will receive monetary consideration for his claim, and the claims against the Boy Scouts will be completely dismissed. The amount is less than what each claimant claims to be his total damages, but more than what the Boy Scouts believes to be their responsibility. Well, it's like halfway in between. That's what good negotiations. Each childhood abuse claim could have multiple defendants. So a plaintiff who settles with the Boy Scouts could still have pending claims against the Archdiocese of Agana, which I'm presuming is the only archdiocese on the island of Guam. The archdiocese, for its part, manned up by seeking bankruptcy protection, still working to settle the 270-plus claims, There have been more than 70 proposed and finalized settlements of childhood sexual abuse involving the Boy Scouts, Capuchin Franciscans, and of course, the Sisters of Mercy. And that's news of the godly on Guam. Now. Oh, it's news of the Olympic movement, is it? Produced by Jim Ebersole Jr. Uh, We keep hearing more and more about how fraught the Olympics in Tokyo are going to be. First, the heat. The Tokyo Fire Department aims to have enough ambulances standing by at athletic facilities and the venues at both the Olympics during Japan's warmest time of the year. The fire department has an approximate total of 260 ambulances. Usually, each new fleet is taken out of service after six years. The older ones kept in reserve before being scrapped. However, as a temporary measure for both the Olympics and the Paralympics, the department is considering holding on to older ambulances that would otherwise have been disposed of, increasing the total number of vehicles. It also plans, does the fire department, on increasing the number of rescue workers available during the Games, When it comes to swimming, athletes who competed at the test event last month expressed concerns related to the water quality and temperature at a marathon swimming test. And the International Triathlon Union's Paratriathlon World Cup in Tokyo saw its swimming leg, ouch, canceled in mid-August due to poor water quality at the city's marine park. The E. coli bacteria found in a test was reportedly two times higher the limit set by the International Triathlon Union. They thought ahead. They thought there might be E. coli in the water. They set a limit. The last time Tokyo hosted the Olympics was in 1964 and the Games were moved to October to avoid the summer heat. You might, as I did, wonder why they don't don't do the same thing now. Oh, the blame, according to the Voice of America, can be placed on A packed sports calendar, like they didn't have the World Series in NFL football in 1964. And, this might be a clue, demands from global broadcasters. Suffer, athletes, for global broadcasters. And another problem solved. Tolls on Tokyo's Metropolitan Expressway will be increased during the games in an attempt to help control traffic. A total of nine fifty will be added, $9.50 will be added to regular tolls from 6 in the morning to 10 at night in Japan's capital during the games. The IOC, who had originally opposed the proposal for, because of fears it would place an extra burden on the public, have now approved the plan. I guess they don't care that much about an extra burden on the public now. The Ministry of Land, Infrastructure, Transport, and Tourism in Tokyo 2020 ran a test of other traffic control procedures on the Metropolitan Expressway. That resulted in just a 7% reduction in traffic volume from the same days in 2018. The target, though, is 30% reduction. According to estimates by Japan's Transport Ministry, it'll take an average of 80 minutes to travel the 18 kilometers between the Olympic Village and the National Stadium if no measures are taken. If the tolls have the effect on traffic, it's hoped they will. That travel time will be cut to 20 minutes. Along with the heat, traffic congestion is seen as potentially the biggest obstacle to Tokyo hosting a successful Olympic and Paralympic Games. Pony up you drivers, it's the Olympics. And you'll pay to move because it's a movement and we all need one every day well ladies and gentlemen uh, the latest controversy involving former vice president Joe Biden and his um, relationship with the what he's talking about erupted this week when he told uh, a story, a very moving story, about having been asked by a high military official to place a medal on the chest of a soldier, and the soldier saying he didn't want the medal because uh, the person he was getting the medal for having rescued uh, ended up dying. And the was- it's a very moving story, as I say, the only uh, thing wrong with it is that the Washington Post fact-checked it, and determined that it was a conflation of three different events, and that specifically not a single one of the details in Joe Biden's version this week was true. After which, he held a conversation with the Washington Post in which he said, "I uh, didn't say mea culpa. I didn't apologize or say he was he had confused some." aspects. Of it. Here's what he said.
2: "That I don't know what the problem is. I mean, what is it that I said wrong?
1: And the interviewer desisted from applying everything, every detail of the story. He was, he was being nice. Um, earlier, I think uh, earlier in the week or last week, uh, the Vice President had a little trouble uh, in trying to describe the details of his health care plan.
2: In addition to that, we also have a mechanism to control drug prices. You know, the, it's, it's not, we're no longer using chemical-based things. All this thing dealing with cancers and other issues relating to the immune system are bio-oriented. They're very expensive, and we should set up a system, as I propose, which I will put if I'm elected president, that allows the folks at the health department in the United States, HHS, to be able to go out and bring together outside experts. The health
1: department. You know, like the one that inspects the kitchens and the burger joints in your neighborhood. And um, But there's more. Former Vice President Biden had, um, a couple of weeks ago, referred to a meeting that he'd had with the students from Parkland High uh, where there had been mass shootings, and uh, the students had come to Washington, and Joe Biden had talked about meeting them while he was still vice president, which he wasn't.
2: But the fact I said I was vice president. Well, I wasn't the vice president. I met them when I said I did. It was in Capitol Hill, on Capitol Hill. Everything I said was true, and I'm still called vice president. So I said right. vice president. So... The idea, and everybody goes, well, okay, well, he didn't get the dates wrong. He did go up there after out of office. It was in Capitol Hill. What's the deal here, man?
1: I think what the deal here, man, might be is that the discussion he had this week where he talked about the granting of a – the pinning of a medal on a soldier and – as According to the Washington Post, all the details were wrong. The overall narrative of the story may have been correct, but the d- actual details were incorrect. It was introduced by Joe Biden this way.
2: The general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. I got up there and stand. It's the God's truth. My word is a Biden.
1: Almost as if the facts did matter.
3: I'm Joe Biden. Do you ever notice yourself searching for a word or mixing up incidents in your life with incidents in nobody's life? I mean, I know you do. But what about me? Well, I tried the medication most prescribed by pharmacists. And I know pharmacists don't prescribe the doctors and then the pharmacists do. And the point is, it's an amazing new medication called Prelogen. And its active ingredient, which is, of course, the ingredient that makes it most active, was first discovered in jellyfish. We all know how great their memories are. So the next time you find yourself lost for the exact word or story or thing or event or otherwise, remember to not forget Preligent. If it's good enough for 9 out of 10 jellyfish, maybe you should try it. Not not the jellyfish, the Preligent. Tell your pharmacist Joe sent you and tell your doctor about your pharmacist.
0: new mexico just in california
2: i just want to say one word to you just one word yes sir are
3: you listening yes i am Microplastics. think about it will you think about it yes i will i've said
1: This is Le Show, and um, now news of microplastics. Scientists have detected microplastic pollution in Lake Tahoe's deep blue waters for the first time. Now they're trying to determine its source and potential harm to the lake's flora and fauna. This is from the L.A. Times, which is more fauna than flora. Preliminary analyses of water samples collected by researchers at the Desert Research Institute in Reno revealed the presence of particles of synthetic fiber and bits of red and blue plastic no bigger than the head of a pin. Stop dropping those pins in your... On one level, we're heartbroken and disappointed by this discovery, said Monica Arienzo, an assistant research professor at the Institute, leader of the investigation. We really hoped, she said, we wouldn't find much of this material in Tahoe's water which is almost entirely snowmelt. Well, that should be pure. At the same time, she said the team is looking forward to diving deep into the many questions and concerns it raises, unquote. Tracing the particles to their source won't be easy. Recent studies have shown that particles from discarded plastic products, your flip-flops, your toys, your toothbrushes, your water bottles, your synthetic clothing, really, still, your styrofoam packaging, can be transported long distances through the atmosphere by wind, rain, and falling snow. As a result, the pollution in the basin cradling Tahoe's water could be local or from locations around the world. Right now, we're not sure where it came from, Arianzo said, but we're definitely going to try and figure it out. The finding complicates a long struggle against erosion, sewage effluent, unbridled development, (laughs) invasive clams and algae to save Lake Tahoe. Federal and state and local governments have spent more than $2 billion over the last six decades buying land and developing erosion control and wetlands restoration projects. Well, I would get you one day in Afghanistan. And some 30 miles north of Pittsburgh, Shell is building a sprawling new plant to support what it sees as the future making millions of tons of new virgin plastic. The oil and gas industry aims to increase plastic feedstock production by at least 33% within the next six years. In a world where buying virgin plastic is often cheaper than using the recycled plastic, the new product will likely find an eager manufacturing market, the vast majority of that plastic, Like the vast majority of all plastic made up to now will likely not be recycled. It will exist virtually forever, crumbling into microplastics that show up most everywhere. This is from Quartz.com. But first, that new plastic will take a ubiquitous, often overlooked form. It will be born into the world as tiny plastic pellets. These small spheres, sometimes known as nurdles... Are a massive source of plastic pollution, escaping into the environment before they have a chance to be molded into a useful shape. 22,000 nurdles per ton of plastic. The shell plant intends to produce the rough equivalent of 80 trillion nurdles per year. <laughs> That's a lot of nurdles. Very little research exists in to quantify. How many of these pre-production pellets end up in the environment? Available estimates tend to be locally isolated. One recent study found that production facilities in the UK lose between 5 billion and 35 billion pellets a year. That's called a range. In 2017, two shipping vessels collided, spilling 49 metric tons of pellets into the sea, coating 2,000 kilometers of South Africa's coastline, with nurdles you're welcome some estimates suggest half of all microplastics might actually be these pre-production pellets pellets make up the second most common type of microplastic we find second to fabrics fabrics which break down from things that are bigger says a plastics pollution researcher at penn state nurdles are about the size of a lentil so lentils are about the size of a nurdle. And like anything tiny and round, they're tough to keep track of. They roll away, they tumble into waterways, the wind can blow them around in the vicinity of plastic manufacturing or packaging plants. nurdles have been documented spilling onto the ground and tumbling out of water discharge pipes. Manufacturers often use pneumatic hoses like vacuums to move the pellets from place to place. Wherever those hoses connect and disconnect, pellets are known to spill out. As the Royal Dutch Shell plant rises in Pennsylvania, environmental groups and scientists are worried about the lack of regulation to specifically address plastic pellet pollution. California is the only state with regulations to specifically control for plastic pellet pollution. The three Ps. Enforcement is the biggest challenge. California doesn't have any plastic manufacturers like the Shell plant in Pennsylvania state is home to roughly 7,000 companies that do transport, repackage, or make products out of nurdles. The state is way too understaffed to inspect and investigate all of these facilities, according to the investigator from Penn State. Just last year, the EPA fined two Los Angeles-area plastic companies for dumping pellets, citing the Clean Water Act, although there are no federal rules that address pellets, specifically states rely on the industry to set standards for itself self-regulation ladies and gentlemen that always works the only national program on plastic pellets is completely voluntary and industry-led the american chemistry council and the plastics industry association maintain a program called operation clean sweep where members can voluntarily commit to a set of best practices for preventing raw plastic from spilling into the environment It doesn't require reporting or have any mechanism for oversight. So, let's enjoy those pellets. They're going to be with us for a while. And now, news of the warm. I think I will. Won't you? The government agency in Australia that manages the Great Barrier Reef has downgraded its outlook for the corals' condition from poor to very poor due to warming oceans. That should come as a great shock to the corals. The Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority's condition report. It's updated every five years. It's the latest bad news for the coral network off the northeast Australian coast as climate change and coral bleaching take their toll. The report issued this week finds the greatest threat to the reef remains climate change, i.e. the hoax. The other threats are associated with coastal development, land-based water runoff, and human activities such as illegal fishing. Significant global action to address climate change is critical to slowing the deterioration of the reef's ecosystem and heritage values and supporting recovery, said the report. It's the agency's third report and tracks continuing deterioration since the 1st in 2009 the report said the threats which include the star of thorns starfish that prey on coral polyps are quote multiple cumulative and increasing triple threat and boreal forests have acted as carbon sinks they remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and store it in biological materials for millennia. But a recent study of the 2014 fires in the Northwest Territories of Canada Canada, shows that some parts of the boreal forest are becoming sources of atmospheric carbon, potentially contributing to the greenhouse effect. Recent estimates suggest boreal forests store more carbon than is currently in the atmosphere, with most of it found in soils. Historically, this has kept them safe from burning, but the work in the Northwest Territories shows that when young forests burn, this old carbon stored in previous fire cycles, is closer to the surface, making it about five times more likely to burn, increasing fire frequencies, thus thus makes these boreal forests more likely to release stored carbon back to the atmosphere. It's a system, ladies and gentlemen. News of the warm. So, (laughs) President Trump had an interesting week. He told a gaggle at the White House, that he didn't care about um, the possible damage to Mar-a-Lago as Hurricane Dorian approached the Florida coast. Saying he was more concerned about Florida in general. Possibly because Florida in general has more electoral votes than does Mar-a-Lago. Uh, that's unfair, but uh, he announced he was going to go down to uh, go to uh, Camp David to confer with experts on the approach of Hurricane Dorian as it neared the east coast of North America, either Florida or later uh, tracks indicated the South Carolina or North Carolina coast. Instead, after a moment at uh, Camp David, he went down to his uh, golf course he owns in Virginia. It's ballsy. It's closer to the hurricane. And then uh, he skedaddled back, apparently, to uh, Camp David later on he um f- this week fired summarily Madeline Westerhouse a longtime aide of his who um sat really athwart all of the communications avenues to him basically uh, what the the old chief of the staff used to do and uh, because she had uh, had a couple of drinks and at an off-the-record meeting with uh, reporters had um, said that Trump wouldn't recognize his daughter by a Marla Maples, Tiffany, if he saw her in a crowd and he didn't want to be photographed with her because she was too fat. As I say, uh, Trump announced, well, her, her firing was announced, and Trump later said it was automatic if you said such hurtful, hurtful things about his family and at one of the helicopter-side gaggles the president has uh, increasingly resorted to to uh, communicate directly with the press and therefore to the public, he was asked why so many of his uh, cabinet and other officials are now acting in those positions as opposed to having been nominated and confirmed by the Senate.
0: No, I like the word acting. I think acting is great. Great flexibility that you don't have with permanent. So I'm okay with the word acting. But when I like people, I make a permanent. But I can leave acting for a long period of time.
3: This week, for the first time, not all the surprises are self-inflicted. And for the businessman turned chief executive, the Emergency Response Center has become the 17th hole. <laughs> Mick. Never was much of a golfer, sir. That's huh. where I do my best thinking. Huh. Tiger Woods said he'd never seen a golfer like me. He actually said that. So, we uh, we have the latest uh, storm tracks just in, sir. Mm-hmm. So... See, a shot like that doesn't just happen. Okay, so how's Florida looking now? I, I mean, I don't care about Mar-a-Lago, but... Uh, how's it looking? Where'd the ball go? Somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, consensus of the tracks, has it uh, varying a little east? Might just graze Florida. Grace is good, right? <laughs> Better than a direct hit, for sure. Look. Look, there's the ball right next to the hole. Huh. Wasn't there a minute? See, Mick, this is a very serious possible event, this hurricane. heading straight for South Carolina. Those are great people. They love Trump.
1: <laughs> My home state, sir, couldn't be more serious for me,
3: just like Florida is for you. Oh, I don't care about Mar-a-Lago. But see, that putt was like a piece of cake. I didn't realize you were allowed to kick it. What do you think this is, women's golf? <laughs> so look, Mick, mm-hmm. we got between now and Tuesday. That's what they're saying, right? Uh, to, to make plans for evacuations and staging emergency material? Sure, that. But also... Yes, sir. Yeah, first, dig this shot. Mm. <sighs> Phil Mickelson said he wished he could swing like that. Did it go into the trees? Right there by the hole. Ah. Thanks, Gino. Ten-four. So... We got two days to find out if it's possible. Okay, and
1: the it is what, sir?
3: Don't you even listen to what I'm thinking? Whether we can really nuke this sucker. Rory McIlroy told me a small tactical nuke could probably do the job. He's with NASA. He's a pro golfer, the best. Mm-hmm. So that's your task. You can do it, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I thought you said you were joking. About- I was. Now I'm not. Believe me. I mean. How could Trump not get the Nobel Prize for knocking a hurricane clean out into the middle of next year? So? I'll hop on it as soon as I... Oh, you don't have to finish the round. I creamed you, right? Thank you for getting back up to Camp David, sir. Hey, it's a beautiful course down there, but the Wi-Fi sucks eggs. So, General, Mm -hmm. before we get started on the briefing... Latest projections of the storm's course just came in. Good, good, good. I just have to take this call first. (laughs) Of course. Hello, Tiffany. Hi, this is Tiffany. Yes, that Tiffany. I'm either crowning for law school or doing some freelance modeling. Leave a message, yeah? Hey, listen, Tiffany, honey, it's your dad. Here's a story. I know you're not really on any of the teams, per se, so. But I got a task for you this week that everybody tells me would help all the teams. Melania needs to take a little break for a while. Things back home, things here, just, you know, things, lots of things. And, you know, I was just uh, telling the dishonest fake news how much I love you and how what's-her-name's awful statement about I wouldn't recognize you in a crowd was just so, so terribly hurtful. I mean, especially since he didn't even say how big a crowd. But forget about that. I just think it would be great if you drop everything, whatever you're doing, which I'm sure is terrific, and come be acting first lady for a while. Maybe up to Christmas time. Who knows? Maybe longer. You'd have a whole wing, which, if you ask me, is the nicest wing in the White House. She's done it up great. I don't know if you've been here, but it's like Mar-a-Lago great. And I know what you're going to say, but it doesn't mean having to spend all that much time with me, sweetheart. Ask Melania. But it would be great look for what the, 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 the production guys call the refreshed White House going into the election year. Great kind of visual kick in the pants. There'd be lots of photo ops for your Instagram thing, which I hear you're very much into, which is great. I have no idea what the hell it is. But, you know, I've always been behind you, whatever it was you chose to do or not do. So think about it. Acting first lady. Never been done before. That's what they tell me. And to me, that's like reason number one to do it. But really, you have no idea how much it could help your dad. And maybe, just maybe, we could get to know each other. A little better and almost like a father-daughter kind of a deal. So look, I got an emergency meeting. Let somebody here know Madeline's gone, but somebody will answer. Okay, sweetie. People don't say no to me, okay? Bye. Okay, get the general back in here. I am the general. Better yet? New team. New tasks. Same mission. We're going to make hurricane fighting great again. Now. The world is his boardroom. The Presidentis. This week, we dare you not to watch. Now,
1: the apologies of the week.
0: We're so sorry.
1: A U.S. Army commander of a recruiting company in Houston was suspended after he distributed a memo in which he used the phrase Arbeit macht frei. The phrase means work will set you free. It was displayed on the gate of the Auschwitz death camp. The commander, whose name and unit have not been released, used the phrase to headline a section of his memo that explains incentives including time off available to recruiters depending on the number of contracts that they were able to complete according to Stars and Stripes. Memo first came to light in a tweet from the Truth of Army Recruiting. The post includes a photo of the infamous Auschwitz entrance gate, though the memo didn't include such a photo. The commander's use of the term is under investigation, according to Stars and Stripes, citing Kelly Bland, spokeswoman for Army Recruiting Command at Fort Knox, Kentucky. The commander was suspended until the end of the investigation and has apologized to his unit, although his name is is not known, so it's a non-apology. Joe Walsh, not the one you're thinking of, the former Republican congressman who launched a primary challenge against President Trump this week, addressed his past controversial remarks, saying he wasn't a racist, but had said racist things. I wouldn't call myself a racist, but I would say, I've said racist things on Twitter, there's no doubt about it, and an apology is not enough, he said on MSNBC, you know, the channel that has Oh, I'll tell you about that in a minute. His comments came after he was confronted by a host after his con- about his history of controversial statements, including his accusation that former President Obama was a Muslim. Quote, when I said Barack Obama was a Muslim, that was a horrible thing to say, and I said it because I was so disgusted with Obama's policy toward Israel that I went a bad, ugly step. I've probably sent out 40,000 tweets in the last six years. No excuse. You and I could sit down and find 200 to 300 that you'd say, Walsh, what were you thinking? And all I can do is own them and explain them and apologize as sincerely as I can for the ones that deserve an apology. Unquote. Joe Walsh, not the one you're thinking of. President of um, MIT, L. Raphael Reif, apologized to the nearly two dozen women accusing Jeffrey Epstein of Sex Trafficking in an email to the MIT community. Over a 20-year period, MIT received about $800,000 from Epstein or foundations controlled by him. Additionally, Provost Martin Schmidt will convene a working group to examine institutional procedures regarding funding sources. Quote, with hindsight, we recognize with shame and distress that we allowed MIT to contribute to the elevation of his reputation, which in turn served to distract from his horrifying acts. No apology can undo that. Quote, the funds went to either the MIT Radi- Media Lab or Seth Lloyd, Professor of Mechanical Engineering. Rife promised to commit equivalent funds to a charity that benefits Epstein's victims and other victims of sexual abuse. Joy Ito, Director of the Media Lab and Lloyd, Seth Lloyd, Also apologized to Epstein's victims and promised to direct money to survivors of sexual abuse and trafficking in their public statements. Samsung says it was wrong to have asked the CEO of Lioness, a smart sex toy company. I said a smart sex toy company. Why would you want your sex toy connected to the Internet? No, I'm just waiting to hide her product. Samsung asked her to hide her product at a women's tech event it was co-hosting. Lioness' CEO says the apology doesn't go far enough. It doesn't signal to her that Samsung will actually make changes to be more inclusive. A senior director at Samsung requested Lioness CEO and co-founder Liz Klinger remove her product, the Lioness Vibrator, from display. Klinger had been invited to the event, approved to attend, and already set up her booth on the show floor. The show was supposed to have been a focus on women's health. Samsung's okay with women's health when it's about fertility and when it's about making babies, but they don't seem to be okay with the other aspects of women's health, Klinger said. She protested the decision and tweeted about what was happening. The vibrator remained on display. Samsung Samsung issued a statement to The Verge saying it regrets what happened and will learn from the encounter. What good is an encounter if you can't learn from it? A Southern California sheriff's deputy who set off a massive manhunt when he allegedly faked being shot by a sniper outside his station has left his colleagues furious with his boss moving to boot him off the force and investigators probing potential criminal charges. Deputy Angel Reynosa, a 21-year-old trainee with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, prompted widespread panic, not the band, and a large-scale response from law enforcement When he radioed an emergency dispatcher and dramatically stated he'd been hit by sniper fire in the parking lot of the sheriff's department's Lancaster station. He even showed investigators his damaged bulletproof vest, which he's claimed saved his life. But in a stunning twist, officials said that Reynosa confessed to fabricating the attack and cut a hole in his vest to bolster his hoax or holster his bokehs. Rather than delay reporting what we learned for another day, I felt it was urgent that we share the truth of the hoax with the public, says the sheriff, Villanueva. He was frustrated and furious that he and his numerous members of his department had to waste needless time and energy on something that did not happen. The sheriff said, I apologize to our community and to our elected officials who rallied, In our support. Apple issued a statement this week saying before we suspended grading, that is to say humans listening to requests to Siri to evaluate Siri's efficiency as a um, interpreter of human speech, going back to Apple, our process involved reviewing a small sample of audio, less than 0.2%, and then computer generated transcripts to measure how well Siri was responding. As a result of our review, we realize we haven't been fully living up to our high ideals, and for that we apologize. As we previously announced, we halted the Siri grading program. We plan to resume later this fall when software updates are released, but only after making the following changes. By default, we will no longer retain audio recordings of Siri interactions. We will continue to use computer-generated transcripts to help Siri improve, and users will be able to opt in to help Siri improve. Third, when customers opt in, only Apple employees will be allowed to listen to audio samples of the interactions, not private contractors. San Francisco's police chief apologized this week for the way the department historically treated LGBTQ people and for the harm that was caused. Unless the wrongs of the past are acknowledged and dealt with appropriately, our past will continue to put a stain on the present and on our future, said Chief William Scott at a session aimed at increasing trust between the LGBTQ community and the cops. We don't know whether the information is inaccurate, said Lawrence O'Donnell, but we, the fact is we do know it wasn't ready for broadcast, and for that I apologize. He opened his show on Wednesday night on MSNBC with a mayor culpa for a claim he made one night earlier when he said based on a single source that Russian oligarchs co-signed a loan for Donald Trump. Last night on this show I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements a single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents, with Deutsche Bank, saying if true as I discussed the information was simply not good enough. He continued, had it gone through the normal process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so. MSNBC retracted the story. If I cared to, I would say at this point that he's normally trustworthy. Deadline Richmond, Virginia, following a video that was posted online of an employee spitting into a box of donuts. Sugar Shack has apologized and said no customers were served tainted food, and the employee in the video no longer works there. A veteran Israeli television personality apologized for saying on the air that Arabs are savages. Yaron London had made the remarks a day earlier during the show on a public broadcasting network during a discussion of the HBO series Our Boys. TV host Laura Spons- Lara Spencer <laughs> apologized on Good Morning America for her comments about Prince George practicing ballet. Hundreds of dancers lined up just outside the show's studios holding a massive open air dance class in a show of solidarity. And in a corporate video broadcast to store managers on Monday, Joe McFarland, executive vice president of stores at Lowe's, pronounced the $99 DeWalt 12 volt cordless drill the number one powered tool for the pros. Wearing a camouflage vest, he went on to tout the features. The thing is compact. It fits anywhere. Some of our Hispanic pros with smaller hands, this is perfect for them. Everyone was just like, whoa, why would he say that? said an assistant manager in the Pacific Northwest. Employees around the country began airing their concerns about the video. I am sorry for the careless and ignorant comment I made during the broadcast, McFarlane said. Our associates shared how my statement was harmful and inappropriate. This is a key reflection moment for me. The Apologies of the Week, a reflection moment for all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's edition of Le Show. We come on back next week, same time, on these radio stations. And at the time of your choosing, on the audio device of your choice, it's all you. And it would be just like the Wi-Fi at Trump's Virginia Country Club being a number one. If you'd agree to join with me, then, would you? Alrighty, thank you very much. Uh Uh-huh. Tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Hawaii desks. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Thomas Walsh at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this show, your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts, and the playlist of the music you hear here, all at harryshearer.com. And I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO, New Orleans' flagship station of the Changes Easy Radio Network. So long from the home of the homeless.